Hi everyone, welcome along to the next edition of our Precursive podcast. Uh, welcome back to our loyal listeners and hi to anyone joining us. Um, I'm sounding more and more like a radio host every time I do this. Um, uh, we've been getting some great feedback on the conversation so far and I think really um, what a number of you are identifying with is that there's uh, a lot of topics that kind of resonate around authentic leadership about uh, how uh, teams and people are dealing with working in the new remote reality and of course the rapid evolution of both the customer success and professional services organizations um, but I think under underpinning this is this is this recognition that the best companies right now are laser focused on how they can help their customers to realize value and doing this as quickly as possible to drive better relationships and long-term growth now Today, I am very excited uh, to have on the show Saucha from Contentful, uh, who has an incredibly interesting uh, career history with, with the likes of Oracle, Gainsight, Host Analytics, Zant, which was formerly InsideSales.com, and now Contentful. So hello, sir. Thank you for joining us and taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Super happy to be here today. Great, great. And thank you for getting up early in the morning, or not too early in the morning, but early enough in the morning to do this. Uh, how is life stateside at the moment for you? Oh, man. Uh, I can't complain. I'm super grateful to be healthy and, and all of that. But it, yeah. it's been a super weird 2020, as, you know, yeah. as it has been for everyone with coronavirus and then the fires and then back yeah. to the coronavirus. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think everyone's kind of heard the story. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as a anyone in the UK who who grew up, I'm a, I'm a 1980 baby. So anyone that grew up uh, following the US and learning US culture as we did in the UK in in the 90s uh, has has pictures of San Francisco in their mind, and they don't imagine that it'll be covered in in smog from fire. So as you say, a crazy time, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, look. Thank you for thank you for joining. Uh, if you don't mind, let's just kick off. Can you give us a little bit of an intro into yourself and your background and how you've landed at at a great company, which is Contentful? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Um, hey, I uh, uh, I'm originally from uh, Pakistan, uh, mm -hmm. and I and I I was born there. I grew up in the Middle East. Uh, I was I grew up in Kuwait. Uh, which was a fun, fun childhood. Um, and then I came to the United States for college. I went to Georgia Tech, studied what most uh, people in the 90s were, were studying, at least those that were interested in math and science. I studied computer science. I was interested in being part of the Silicon Valley and Silicon and the, and the whole dot-com uh, web boom that was happening at the time yeah. and the technology boom. And so I studied computer science and, and electrical engineering. And uh, sort of my first role out of college was writing code for the Solaris kernel at Sun Microsystems. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, I quickly found that there was, like, I, I felt like I wanted, uh, I needed a little bit more uh, in my uh, interactions uh, at work um, beyond writing code. And there was something about the customer engagement and the customer, and there's something about the customer that just kind of pulled me in that direction. And so... Um, you know, uh, one, uh, experience that I had was I was working at a single sign-on company that was eventually purchased by RSA security. And I was implementing single sign-on in Texas, uh, across Dallas, Houston. It was for, is for Halliburton. Mm -hmm. 
And so at some point I finished my single sign on implementation, set up all the, the clients that I needed to and set up all the software and went over my checklist and I, you know, Hey, uh, I'm out, I'm done. It's like, Hey, come come over here and, and uh, come over here a second. Do, do you know what you've done here? I'm like, yeah, I set up the single sign on and it's good. Like you can now, you don't have to, you know, um, you, you can now connect without typing in your passwords. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hey, check, check it out. We have this many employees and they forget their password with this frequency. And it takes this much time for us to reset that password manually. And so you're, you eventually saved us this much time, which translates to this many dollars. And, and we paid this much for your software, which is a fraction of the right. Yeah. You get it now? Yeah, oh, oh, value. <laughs> Got it. Outcomes. And the customer's super happy. It gave me a big, like, hug. I think it was in Texas at the time. And, like, <laughs> Can I right. get a bonus? Don't wait, is <laughs> there some cash at the end of this story? <laughs> exactly. And right. so, like, I left that, I left that office almost inspired, thinking, okay, so what I'm doing here is not like setting up software. I'm like driving value and outcomes for this customer. And that's my, that's what I did here. And I, and I went back home with a new sort of perspective on what I was doing. And then I never looked back and it was just professional services there onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was a lifelong PSer, a professional services person. And then that, that kind of uh, sort of transformed into like customer success as SaaS became more, um, became more common. And so, you know, ran a few PS uh, organizations and then, I uh, had an opportunity to learn about customer success at GameSite and mm-hmm. delivered customer success to many, many, many companies, um, which was very, very interesting. And then mm-hmm. at Contentful, had an opportunity to you know, run customer success and professional services and the education team. And so that's kind of been the, the, the journey thus far. And mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been super educational. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. That's a great story. And by the way, if you're listening and you're in sales for single sign-on or you're in customer success in that industry, that is how you structure a business case, people. <laughs> Wonderful. That's a great story. Um, I, I think there's there's so many things in that that we're actually going to talk about today about the evolving world of professional services and how it's dovetailing with customer success and this focus on outcomes. So it'd be great to come back to that. So, um, and, and I'd love to, uh, you know, get your thoughts on a couple of the luminaries that you've worked with, Mr. Kellogg and, uh, and of course, Nick Meta as well. Uh, some great guys to work with, I would imagine. Um, so as you, in, in your own business right now, obviously, we're, we're living in a very different world um, to, to what it was at the start of the year, certainly when I started the podcast. So how have you seen... Or how has your organization had to adapt to this new changing working environment? Yeah, um, so um, it hasn't been easy, of course. Mm. Uh, it's, been, it's been difficult. It's been difficult for the team. It's been difficult for many of us. A lot of, a lot of tech um, employees essentially are, you know, like super innovative and they're scrappy and they and they uh and and many people in our company uh, contentful they 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 relocate to be part of contentful and and so um uh you know there's individuals that have you know little kids and they're working in their living conditions are not optimal for working right and so uh so that that's sort of the problem statement so what we 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 try to 
do whatever we could to help. So number one, we're spending more time together. Uh, uh, so we're, we're trying to spend more time together in a work setting, of course. So like uh, communicating a little bit more, but then also trying to, to spend more time together in a non-working setting where there's maybe a happy hour, there are gaming sessions that we set up. We play games like Codename that, we can, that are conducive to sort of online play. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to be more human in terms of how we engage and how we work together. Um, we're trying to reduce Zoom fatigue. So just yesterday, I had a meeting with with one of my uh, one of my peers, and before the meeting, sent him a quick Slack and said, "Hey, man, we have no documents that we need to share. So it's just a chat, and I'm going to go for a walk. And I suggest you do." the same and he's like great awesome and it was just an audio only it reminded me of what we used to do back in the 90s yeah uh, you know it was just That's just fine. audio only yeah and and it was great and i was able to walk around and my eyes got, got a little break um we we introduced a monthly stipend to facilitate purchases that would help over time to like oh if you need another monitor you need a you need a standing desk you need equipment to help make your home a better work environment so we're, we kind of do we're kind of doing that, and so that's kind of what we're doing from a from a work uh, perspective. And most importantly, we're like talking to other leaders and other companies in the industry to to learn from what they're doing to better to try and like learn and steal those ideas for ourselves. So that's, yeah. that's, that's part of it. Yeah, it feels like there's almost been a cycle through the year, hasn't there? Way there's been this immediate kind of like shut off move to working from home, which a lot of people in tech adopted very quickly. Then there's the getting used to it period and like us all being much more kind of aware of each other's lives beyond like the, the office because, you know, you can see into my house, vice versa. You know, I've, I've seen and met my, my staff's kids and vice versa in, in various yeah. interactions. Um, my son figured out how to, uh, switch on Spotify and play some techno music on, on a call with a client. Uh, so he he comes in and he says hello and then he managed to switch. The, and we're like, I guess that's the end of the call because we couldn't work out how, how to switch it off. So that was great. And it feels, but like you said, a lot of companies that I'm talking to now are kind of like, okay, like you and I are talking and we're, we're face to face because this is a, we want to have that conversation. But a lot of the time now I find myself trying to just look outside of the screen and, and as you say, do phone calls to just give my brain a, a break. So hearing a lot of that, how is that bleeding through into the world of delivery? So in the world of professional services delivery, how has the work with the clients changed? What, what are the different dynamics you're experiencing there? Yeah. So a few things. Number one, I think t tools, and yep. automation have become that much more important. Yep. Um, you know, we, we're not going to be in the office to iron out the wrinkles. So we need our processes and our automation to be on point. Yep. Um, and, and then um, outcomes tracking becomes that much more important, right? So uh, it, we're, we're less able to rely on anecdotal evidence uh, having been at the customer site and having witnessed their happy smiles and the excitement, we're not there anymore. So we need to get those surveys and we need to raise the response rate. Uh, and we, we need clear visibility into how our customers are feeling about our services. Um, also, like no travel is a huge thing. Um, so 
so so that has a couple of ramifications. Uh, so we're redesigning our engagement methodology so we can have a completely remote engagement, and that's super super hard. Uh, you know, uh, especially in PS, which is sort of all about people and all about the connection and the relationship and the learning. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're making use of um, Miro boards for ideation. Miro is a great tool. Um, and then also the Zoom breakout rooms are also pretty good. And so like making use of those rooms to be able to have these discussions, ideation, collaboration, and then Zoom back out or Zoom back in as needed. To, to run these sessions. So I think these are a few things and we're, we're still like, we're still figuring it out. It's not, it's not all there. Every day we're, we're innovating and thinking of another way to make this remote way of working a little bit better, a little bit easier. Okay. I, w I definitely want to explore this, this focus on outcomes, because I think it's, it's something that we're just seeing more and more, right? Which is that um, you've kind of gone through this evolution of, of professional services over the years. I'm sure you've, you've seen it since your first consulting gig, right? And we're, we're kind of, I'm, we're certainly seeing this shift towards like PS teams being quite inwardly focused in, in a way, right? They're, they're focused on themselves and being on time in the project and, and these types of things to be much more outcomes driven. But uh, talk me through kind of how have you seen PS evolve over your career? Yeah. Your observations. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like um, a, a few things, right? Um, so, so PS has evolved has, as, as SAS has evolved, right? And so a, a few like sub, sub thoughts there in, in that evolution of PS around, you know, we've, we've seen PS move as a driver of financials for the company in its own right around, oh, well, we expect PS to have 30, 40% margins. Uh, and and that's that's the, the value of PS. And that was back in the day when we were selling, um, you know, uh, we, we were not selling software uh, subscription and we were basically selling uh, it on-prem, uh, on yeah. exactly. And so, yeah. so essentially, um, so, so we've seen this move from PS revenue to, to, as a driver of, of the financials to essentially outcomes uh, and, and, and looking at opportunities to invest those PS hours in, in churn risk customers, um, trying to ensure that we can, uh, through continuous iteration and methodology improvement, right? So now if the customer is, it can very easily sort of pick up their business and walk down the street to another SaaS provider, then it's not just important for us to get them live and get them launched, but also to see them get value throughout their engagement. Yep. And also that means that we have other SaaS companies that are competing with us that are also delivering services. And so we can't get left behind in the, in the evolution of our service becoming that much more valuable over time. And so this continuous iteration of methodology and, and, and materials and the value that we're delivering to the customer within our own sort of industry is also sort of super important. Um, last thing I'll say on, on sort of that evolution is sort of uh, the use of partners has also sort of evolved over time. And so the PS, in my opinion, the sort of the PS partnership with the alliances or the partner organization has also flourished over, over as, as SAS has flourished because uh, partners can be used as a 
method to not only bring scale to your business, but also manage PS margins. Um, and, and so uh, we can, together with our partners, uh, divvy up the TAM and figure out which segments, which markets, which products, which verticals make sense for the partners versus professional services. And we can run a more effective go-to-market in that way. Okay, excellent, excellent. Lots of, I think, very intuitive themes there, um, uh, and and you know, super interesting to hear your experience. So, um, with just, I want to just go, go in on a couple of those points. Then, so let, let's just begin with this value throughout the engagement, right? Because um, that's I, I often like companies are so focused on this, right? The first ninety days. This idea of you know time to value, uh, you know more sophisticated companies thinking about time to first value. I mean, even hearing things of focus around time to value to whom, which is where companies are shifting their focus from the the exec where it might take ninety days to the end user where it might take a week, for example, for them to see some value. Um, so, when you talk about that value throughout the engagement, that's quite difficult to define. Tell us a little bit more about that what, what do you mean by that um and uh yeah what, what what do you mean by that yeah well i i think um it starts with a definition of what success means to your customers so okay. i think like step one is figuring out well what is what is success and what are they trying to get out of this engagement are they trying to one just sort of figure out how your software works and launch their first project? Are they looking to, you know, drive some ROI that has an immediate sort of top line impact? Uh, you know, it, it sort of depends on what the outcome they're expecting from the software is. Mm -hmm. Then sort of beyond that, I think you kind of look at um, sort of your levers for driving that value mm -hmm. across the customer journey. So, so there, there is, value to be had during the onboarding and and so i think looking carefully at what outcomes are expected as a customer is going through onboarding and what outcomes are expected when onboarding should be completed and they're ready for sort of uh to, to begin their uh, their sort of journey in mm -hmm. uh, without the guidance of professional services and maybe with the guidance of a sort of a non-technical csm and mm -hmm. so so you, in my opinion, you got to sort of work backwards from what state we want the customer to be at when the professional services engagement is over. Mm. And we need to hold, like the CSM team needs to hold the PS team accountable for delivering customers to them at that you know, inflection point, at that transition point in the state that we need the customer to be in. So yep. in many cases, this onboarding process ends with professional service sort of throwing this customer over the fence to the CSM team. And then the CSM team sort of having to deal with all the customers. And, and like there should be some math to identify whether this customer is in the state whereby CSM team can actually take this customer through to the um, sort of the value realization and the, and sort of the, and the like the CSM team should not be in a situation where they're having to face a churn risk 
in day on day one. Yeah. Rather, yeah. right? And so, 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 and then beyond that, if you if you examine the counter, if that's not if that's not the case, and if this customer really is set up for success, then the CSM team can really focus on their charter, which is um, like validating verified outcomes for the customer, uh, ensuring enablement is on point, being the champion for that for the voice of that customer within our company, and then looking for expansion opportunity, like doing that evangelism. Uh, to the different organizations within that customer, which might lead to upsell or cross-sell opportunities and, and drive expansion. And so instead of struggling to maintain GRR, you're driving your NRR through the roof through, through, through like having solid expectations of PS and CS. And so when you have this journey mapped out and you are clear on what uh, state you want your customer to be in, in which which part of their journey, uh, I think you have more clarity on how you would go about kind of delivering that success, what methodologies you would have for your professional services team, which is your CSM team versus your learning services team. I think education is a huge part of it as well versus your support team. So it all comes together uh, across the journey based on what the customer needs, um, you know, to, to drive those outcomes. Fascinating. I, I think a lot of the time you will find organizations who are really always trying to understand each other's processes. So like CS teams trying to understand what PS is doing and vice versa. And I just think that really simple explanation there around what do you want the customer to look like at the end of this engagement is a great, is a very, very simple framework to say, let's have a conversation about that. Because it doesn't matter if we understand each other's processes to the nth degree. If we can agree on that, then that transition, not that handover, but that transition can go much more smoothly. Um, there's like a, a lot of organizations now are really being forced, given what's happened with the pandemic, to reevaluate kind of how they deliver value to customers, how they work with customers. And so a, a lot of your peers that I talk to are, are, are thinking about, right, what does the future look like? Now, I'm seeing a few things coming through like, client experience being a big thing you, you know uh, uh one of our customers is a telecoms company a fortune 500 telecoms company and they talk about professional services as a service like that's what they're trying to deliver now in in their particular market uh tell me what you think the future looks like uh in 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 let's say the the software SaaS industry yeah sure um <clears throat> so hey uh Services as a service is a is a religious discussion, and uh, and there's and there's many different perspectives to it, right? I think uh, like it has been done, and it can be and it can be done. Mm -hmm. uh, you have I, I think it demands that your professional services organization is somewhat mature and has tried out your motions and tried out the motions, tested whether this motion works and. If you get to a point where your services are so needed that you're confident that this that your that all of your customers will renew your service in perpetuity, absolutely, go for it. You should have a service as a service and make it a recurring revenue. And and absolutely. How, however, in many cases in product companies, services are seen as a means to an end. And the, and the means is, yes, absolutely, there's an onboarding. So you go and you help with the onboarding and then you step back out, right? You, 
have a well-defined engagement that has a well-defined beginning, middle, and end. You come in, you do your thing, you step out. Now, there are opportunities for staff augmentation and continuous acceleration. Yeah, there's the SAPs and the and the PeopleSofts of the world, which demand, you know, which require a an army of consultants to be on site for forever. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure, like in the world of SaaS, as SaaS matures, I think we're going to see less and less of that as the world moves towards faster time to value, more specialized software, best of breed software, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, so I, think, I think that uh, services as a service is something that, that needs to be figured out for each company on its own merit for their particular product. I think though, that the concept of a success package where you have a um, an ARR-based package which consists of components which are some services, uh, your, your premium support package, a premium CSM service, as well as um, as as well as learning, as well as learning to to kind of put it all together in a package and presented to a customer say for our largest most like premium customer this is your success package and we will make this an ARR based sort of recurring um, sort of offering for you um, I think that's that's super possible and I think that's doable and that's something that that I think we're seeing more and more of over time to yeah. kind of try and monetize all aspects of customer success um, <clears throat> for for the sort of um, large customers and enterprise customers. I think another sort of trend that we'll see is that uh, learning services and education services, I think, become very, very um, critical and become very strategic uh, for us moving forward. How? So it's sort of this, your sort of one model is that professional services are out there on the front line working with customers in custom environments, working on their particular use case and helping them with their particular technology. And there's some learnings there. And so those learnings apply not just to that customer, but many, many customers. So learning services is the vehicle, is the conduit through which you take those learnings that you're, in, that you're sort of getting on a one-off basis and making them widely available to your entire customer base as needed. So this one-to-many motion and this, this sort of technology uh, or this, this sort of motion where learning services helps is this repeatable motion which helps you scale the best practices across your customers. I think it's, is super key. I think, uh, and last thing I'll say on this is that um, I think we're, we're seeing this move where, you know, PS was at one point considered sort of a, um, you know, as we said, it's, it's sort of, it's all about margins, but we're moving towards this world where it's all about outcomes and those outcomes are essentially the key to driving uh, revenue. And so when you're selling, you're selling outcomes mm -hmm. and professional services is all about outcomes. And so professional services is really a means to retain revenue and expand revenue and potentially accelerate consumption of the product, which essentially drives expansion. And so yeah. in, in, in the SaaS world, I think that's where PS is heading. Uh, time to value is everything. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, the more difficult your product is to launch and migrate, the longer it takes to launch, the more effort it requires, the less likely you are to be successful, frankly. And, and so we, it, the data is very clear that, that companies that have an eight, nine month, greater than six month onboarding, mm 
yep. have that much less likely uh, the, the those customers are less much less likely to launch yeah um, and renew and renew yeah yep. um last thing i'll say is that like um services is a company responsibility it's not a customer success responsibility and so mm -hmm. services is almost like a business within your business and it requires support from product management from sales from marketing from from uh even from like development and product management and so like i think we're seeing this movement where professional services considered like a company asset as opposed to a cs or cx sort of aspect and then the the traditional sort of um wisdom around um how are you measuring your outcomes and how are you measuring the value of your service is also being is also being taken a lot more seriously because again SaaS demands customer success and so the cx aspect of nps and the voice of the customer and the csat all have a huge part to play in determining whether you're being successful with your customers or not and these are very important signals for us to continue to to explore and learn from especially in the world of of covid yeah i mean a, a, a wonderful range of insight there i mean i i try and summarize this internally as the this is the era of experience right where um you know the 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 customer doesn't really care about kind of you and what you need to do and your steps and your margin and your billable rates and your utilization and all of these things um they really care about their outcome like you going back to your story about you saved us x amount of time because people weren't coming to me with a forgotten password right um and so i think in that in that world the 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 the, the being able to make that transition from the sales team out there selling a, a promise and the PS team being the ones fulfilling that promise along with the CS team um, and doing that in such a way where it kind of feels effortless for the customer because I think the most excited the customer ever is when they buy your product is the day they buy it right and then That's there's right. you know then they're they just want to get their hands on it and then the, the minute you trip up there's that buyer's remorse um, and and that can you know just erode customer client relationships and all sorts of things I think there's a few things that a lot of people would I, I I would think take away from that which is this idea that of kind of the best ways to lean in and lean out right so as a, as a PS team being able to acknowledge when we need to lean in and when when we when we're going in but also then when we need to move away and let others be in learning services or customer success take up a role in that so so some really interesting ideas there and I think just your language around scalability and repeatability because the best services organizations that I've seen, uh, that the customer would pay for that services experience again because of what they learned about their process and their business during that implementation beyond what they articulated in the sales cycle. So some, some, some fascinating topics there, thank you. Um, so if we, if we move on then, so um, I mean, I, I sort of turn this over to people and, and I'm always interested in kind of what are some of the things that you're super passionate about because it reveals a side of people where they're, you know talking about things that are close to their heart but like at the moment for you what are what are some of the things that you're you know at the moment super focused on and super passionate about in your world or in general yeah um so for for me right now again it it's about um <clears throat> it's about outcomes for the customer like surprise okay. surprise right so okay. um so you know i'm in the um we're in the process of launching um 
new offerings. And so, so it's, uh, we, we've kicked off a professional services organization and it's, and we're testing the waters with a few very basic offerings. And so the process to evolve the offerings and ensure that those offerings continue to drive value from the customer. And then, and then like figuring out what those offerings are based on learnings from our experience with the offerings that we've already delivered, I think is one very, very big piece um, into sort of how we continuously evolve the offerings. I think the second piece is like, how much do you invest <clears throat> in the customer versus focus on your margin in a SaaS mm -hmm. business in an yeah. early professional services team? And so uh, we're, we're, we're thinking through that investment and the value of one hour of service uh, being delivered uh, in a billable capacity versus a non-billable capacity. So all, all of that is, is sort of very interesting for us right now as well. I think the third thing is how we, how we drive scale through partners. And so building an effective partner network that doesn't that 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 where both teams right the partner team and the professional services team are working on the working on the sort of subject matters and this and with the methodologies that suit their teams the best and so mm -hmm. both teams have different strengths both teams have different intents and missions and mm -hmm. so uh and and different sets of capabilities that drive value for the customer so how can we craft a motion where partners are engaged to to make uh it a win-win for for both parties so mm -hmm. uh so that's that's sort of also very uh, uh near and dear to me right now okay cool well let's let's expand on a couple of those i'm fascinated by the value of one hour of PS because I have firsthand witnessed the reaction of a customer, very large customer that we have, who was, it turned out, using a lot of support time uh, as, mm -hmm. as companies. Companies, I'm sure, listening to this will have familiar, be familiar with this, where you know you 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 begin to unpick the amount of tickets and actually what the tickets mean. Oh, they're not technical. They're how do I do this or how do I do that or could you do this for me? Could you build that rapport? And it's basically free services. And then when you get into a situation where you're either having to switch that off or say, look, that, that thing that you want is going to take an hour and now you have to pay for it. Looking at the reaction then from the customer to that. So I'm fascinated by what have you discovered through this value of an hour exercise? Yeah. So, Hey, we're still figuring it out. So the jury's still out and we're still All figuring right. it out, but <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you sort of the different sort of data points that we're considering that are, okay. that are interesting. So like one, um, we're looking at, uh, customers that have gone over on their project. And so, you know, the project was supposed to be 80 hours and the customer needs us to deliver say a hundred or 105 hours. And so like, um, what does the customer, what's the benefit to the customer? What happens if we just stop and leave now versus what happens when they stick around? And so, um, and so you can see an outcome where the customer is much, much happier and they give us a much higher survey response. And uh, essentially they are able to get to the outcomes that they're trying to get to 
much, much faster if we were able to deliver this additional functionality or this additional service. Another sort of aspect of, of that is also uh, sort of um, helping with expansion. And so we believe professional services is a unique skill set. We're the, uh, we're the, um, we, we are the customer facing team that has this capability to to really connect the customer with the product in a in a in a in a way that no other organization really can and essentially be responsible for 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 making it operational um, making it operational and making it like ensuring that the customer can derive value from the product mm-hmm. and so and, and so uh, when we are asked to engage in a non-billable capacity to hold workshops, mm-hmm. to just work through the use case and and deliver a design as to how it could work, then that makes that brings the solution that much closer to the customer, and makes it almost and and get it to a point where all the customer has to say is, yeah, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. like make make that happen. What you just painted this picture, <laughs> make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gets us closer to an expansion uh, in many, many cases. Yeah. And then the third aspect is when there's a customer that is upset because of a feature that they don't have or a feature they were expecting or, or there's something missing that requires work and their churn risk and then services engages to deliver. Yeah. In, in all three of these examples, essentially, or even like in marketing, in like supporting marketing marketing has these field events with many customers where professional services can come in and have a one-to-many sort of session Mm -hmm. and we're inspiring and evangelizing to many many organizations at a given customer at multiple customers and driving lots and lots of leads and and in a way that only ps can and so in all of these examples essentially we're pushing to support the top line revenue and driving arr now, a dollar of service in, in company valuations, and we can look at recent IPOs like Snowflake, et cetera, and you can look at the, the, the multiples, et cetera, and it's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy where we are. It's very, very highly priced. And so the point is that a dollar of service being earned via billable means is yep. worth a dollar of service, whereas a dollar of ARR is valued at a multiple of that ARR. Yep. And so it's this trade-off of, managing your margin and managing your financial model versus versus investing to drive ARR for the yeah. business that yeah. every company needs to figure out for themselves. Yeah, I mean, if we take your example, right, and you spent an extra 20 hours, which let's say it costs you $1,000 an hour, which probably, it, 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 let's, let's say that it does, right? So it's $20,000. If that customer's $100,000 a year and you're in a 10X multiplier, it's not difficult to see the value of that to your business long term. So I, I totally, uh, I totally buy into that. I, I think there's though this, um, there is an element of nuance to that, which is when you do help in that fashion. I would imagine that you, in some shape or form, educate the customer as to like we're doing this and we're consciously doing this and we're letting you know that we're doing this that this is not necessarily normal but this is in keeping with our values for example because i think it needs to recognize that right otherwise it's kind of like you get into a you know a situation where they're just asking for that all the time right potentially absolutely and and this is sort of the basic discussion around 
paid services versus unpaid services as mm -hmm. well, where the customer will value your service as much as you value the service. So if you don't put a price tag on the service, they will expect it and they'll flake and they won't show up. And in many cases, uh, you know, like it, it uh, however, if you put a price tag on the service, but then give them a discount or then say, hey, look, we're doing this as a gesture of goodwill because we're so committed to your outcomes and then reinforce that a few times. Absolutely. It's mm. much more valuable in that way. Cool. So final, final piece. Thank you ever so much um, for, 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 for the insights so far. The final piece I want to land on is this idea of professional services and customer success to become one, an old Spice Girls uh, song title, I believe. Um, but we talked about this, you, you talked through this understanding uh, you know, having that clarity on what state should the customer look like for customer success once services is finished with them, shall we say. Um, going up a level, what are your thoughts on how these two functions need to work together? And should they be one team or two? Yeah. Hey, um, I've seen them work in all different permutations and combinations. And frankly, I don't see it as much of a, like a reporting lines mm -hmm. uh, thing like you can you can make the reporting lines work any way you want i think it's more about the roles responsibilities and the sort of the charter and the mandate of the organizations right so in my mind the ps team and the csm teams are two separate teams with two different mandates and uh and, and really it's about guaranteeing outcomes and so like as you know like across the journey you have um you have technical product experts and then you have non-technical almost relationship experts and they have different strengths and it's how you leverage both those strengths to get to like sort of optimizing ARR for the company. And so the, the first piece would be like, uh, how, how do we guarantee those outcomes for the customer? And so, uh, one philosophy that many companies are investing in and experimenting with is that PS invests until outcomes are realized. So yes, you sold an 80-hour onboarding, but the customer is not in a state where the CSMs can be successful with them. So yes, you continue to invest until the customer is in that state. Um, and, and so you continue to do that. I think, I think another one is like invest in, investment in churn risk and tech debt. And so the CSM teams are look and so so like what I'm calling out is like how do these two teams work together to get those outcomes really right and and so it's so like the, the first one was about the the onboarding until until the outcomes are realized I think the second one is you know as CSMs in the field recognize and see customers that are suffering from uh, tech debt or are suffering from some kind of uh, there's some kind of risk that can be mitigated by way of some services, then there needs to be this um, feedback loop and there needs to be uh, an allocation of hours where professional services is ready and able and willing to say, okay, hey, look, we've allocated 150 hours this quarter for churn risk mitigation. And so uh, do you, CSM team, do you wanna use you know, 20 of those 150 hours for customer X, do you believe it's that valuable so that all of us can hit our retention goals? And then the CSM team makes a determination in terms of priorities. And then the, the service team invests 
Um, and and we, we try and we try and do it that way. And so there's a collaboration and a partnership, and both teams are engaging in sort of their strengths. Um, at the same time, a third thing uh, I think in terms of collaboration between these organizations is um, services team needs uh, bookings and they need leads. They need services opportunities to continue to fuel their delivery. And so the CSM team are can actually be great for hunting for services opportunities. And I've seen that model work very, very well where CSM teams are a huge source of leads for the services team. And, 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 and it's not a coincidence that many of those leads coincide with customers that, that need the help. And so the CSMs are almost being selfish and seeing opportunities to like improve the state of the customer for retention expansion purposes. And the fact that these customers are willing to pay for the service is a win-win. Right? Um, finally, last thing I would say is like sort of uh, billable CSMs is also something that is uh, a, a, a possibility where <clears throat> you have CSMs that are subject matter experts or industry experts and you can bill out their expertise um, in, in, in collaboration with the PS team. And so these are ways that both parties can sort of work together uh, for, the, for sort of those common goals, right? And those common goals are sort of the, the customer outcomes and then mm -hmm. like driving, driving ARR. Right. Um, so this is going to be the charter according to Saud. So I'm going to try and pull together some of these uh, threads from today. So one is, you know, if we're thinking about the, the, the revolution in SaaS and the evolution in SaaS, then the PS evolution is in step with the, with the way that SaaS is evolving, which I think is a very um, eloquent way to put it. Um, I think, you know, this, this, it's, it feels like something that's very core to you is this continuous value realization through the engagement that being something that I think, think companies perhaps too often think about it in terms of, okay, analysis. Now I do some build, now I do some testing and it's like, no guys, you've got to think about that experience and that continuous value realization. I think the partner topic you mentioned was really interesting. This idea of thinking very strategically about your, your, the, the opportunity that you have in the market, the TAM, dividing that up between yourself and partners. I'm going to pick your brains afterwards uh, on another call if you'll give me some time about how you think about the co-selling motion there, for sure. Um, a big learning, I think, for, for anyone in customer success and services is just have that very real conversation about what should the customer look like when they're handed over to you. Well, what do you want from me? That's a very human conversation. That feels like the walk around the block and have a chat on the phone conversation. Do you know what I mean? That's right. um, That's right. And and I think everyone should think about the value of one hour of service because that is really what we're talking about. If you are in an organization that undervalues professional services, simply ask that 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 business owner, maybe not in, in, in the way that I would, I'm, well what's the value of what's the valuation of your company if we if we churn you know a couple of million next year how will we hit there because services isn't helping our clients to realize the value because we don't want to put in some additional or lose some additional margin on it um, so a, a load of really awesome thoughts thank you sir for joining it didn't disappoint it was great to have you on the show I do appreciate it hey Jonathan thank you so much I, I love talking about this stuff I could talk for another hour so I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to, to kind of um, to kind of chat about some of this stuff and uh, it was a lot of fun thank you brilliant thank you